Hey guys, here we are, the Quiggin' Out MMA Podcast. This is going to be episode 11, and I am joined, as you can see, by the one and only Steamroller himself, Matt Frivola. How you doing, sir? Oh, I'm doing good, man. Just watched my boy Marab just crush it. He is a machine, man. That was insane, and I know we were both watching at the same time, and I almost just had you on the show to watch it with me while it was going on, just to see your reactions, but I didn't want to take anything away from that. Um, what I really want to talk about, you know, right off the bat, you've got your fight next week with Frank Camacho. Your team is doing some outstanding things um, these past few weeks with, you know, Aljamain, you know, the guys up in, you know, New York, but also the guys down here with Billy Q. So how much are you really riding into that and using that as, you know, kind of, you know, riding that wind train uh, going into next week? Oh man, I mean it's unbelievable being being able to go out there in Vegas with Billy Q and uh corner him and, and do his whole fight week with him, help him uh uh you know with the with the fight week, with the weight cut and uh and go through the process uh with him. Uh kind of kind of taking mental notes the whole time out there. Uh you know, cuz I knew I'd be out there and mm-hmm. uh for my fight week, and then and then get in, get in to see Aljamain and, and uh, the guys out there and Marab out there, and then and then watching how how Aljamain went out there, well and then Billy Q goes out there and crushes it. Billy Q has a an insane fight, a huge win. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then the following weekend, Aljamain follows it up with a a statement win, which I mean, in my opinion, should have been for a title. Um, yeah, I agree. But, yeah, yeah, but now you know they can't deny Aljamain anymore, and uh, he he's gonna get what he deserves, and that's a title fight, and he's gonna have the belt around his waist by the end of the year. I, I can uh, I can guarantee that he's he's the real deal. And that then was... uh, just watching watching Marab <laughs> yeah. go out there and do his thing, man. It's it's uh, it's a great time, and and it's awesome that I can uh, be around these these talented uh, talented fighters who. Just, you know, we all help each other. You know, they, they make me better, and uh, I like to think that I, I make them better. Well, and you have the distinct advantage of, you know, we've talked about it time and time again, you know, cross-training in today's MMA landscape versus cross-training 10 years ago. 10 years ago, you weren't going to someone else's gym. You had one gym. That's where you were doing everything. You brought people in, you know, other coaches. But really for you, you you've got Gracie Tampa South. You've got, you know... Longo Sarah up in New York. How are you balancing that, and how beneficial is that to you to really get those different looks and you know continue to keep doing that? Because you've been doing it for a while now. Yeah, yeah, you know it's huge. Uh, I grew up in Long Island, so you know that's always home. And whenever I'm home, I'm training with the Sarah Longo boys. You know that's that's my home team. Um, but I was I was down in Tampa for about eight years. Uh, you know, I went to University of Tampa. I really started started my career down here, uh, fighting amateur. I mean, you remember uh, yeah. going through the amateur circuits uh, down here, and then uh, me and Billy Q just uh, forming a huge, uh, you know, uh, and uh, with Matt Arroyo uh, leading us, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, you know, uh, so it's it's really the training never stops, the growing never stops. Uh, and uh, I'm I'm definitely blessed to have have uh, my team down here and my team up there. And then and then I love bringing everyone together too. You know, like Billy Q's been up to Long Island uh, visiting, training with us, and then guys from uh, Long Island come down, and train down here. So it's uh, it's pretty awesome. 
And that's pretty exciting, too, to kind of mesh the two worlds. Because, again, it's, you know, it's not like you're training in Orlando and Tampa. You've got, Tam you know, Florida and New York. So bringing the two together. So talk about the biggest challenges you've had to go through, if any. You know, because every, every fighter who gets a chance to talk in these last in this last month since the UFC started putting on events again has talked about how weird it's been um, to train during, you know, a global pandemic. So has anything changed for you? Was it a little bit harder to set things up or, you know, just business as usual? No, it was, it was definitely, uh, it was tough when I was up in New York. Uh, you know, I, I was still scheduled to fight, uh, April 25th mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I was, I was full go in, in my fight camp up there and then, uh, the virus hit and, uh, and then the gyms closed. And then I, I want to say that the gyms might have closed down when I was like, you know, six weeks out or something like that. So, so you know, for the, that six weeks and five weeks out, I, I was, and four weeks out, you know, I, I was doing quarantine training uh, for 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 a UFC fight. You know, I was doing bag work. I was running. I was doing like workouts at home. I was going to garage gyms. Um, <laughs> Anything you could you know, find, really. Exactly. It really was. It was. It was tough, and and then, uh, you know, mentally it was tough. Uh, it was tough to get the proper training, and and uh, I'm I'm a big guy that I, you know I need to like uh, put in the work to really to really you know uh, be be prepared to go in there and fight the, these guys. You know, I, my my hard work breeds my confidence, and and uh, I I don't I leave no stone unturned. So it was tough when I was up there uh, quarantined. And then uh, that fight, April 25th, uh, got canceled. I want, I want to say it got canceled about three weeks out or two weeks out. Mm -hmm. So one, once that got canceled, uh, you know, it was kind of, it was kind of, it felt like the right thing at the time, you know, because up in New York it was bad. We were, we were hearing uh, horror stories from, uh, from hospitals, and, and uh, I knew people working in hospitals that were saying, you know, they didn't have enough rooms for the bodies and they were choosing people to use ventilators to live and die. And I was just like, and I'm trying to train for a fight right now. Like, but, uh, <laughs> kind of makes yeah, it seem small in comparison though. <laughs> yeah, it really did. You know, uh, the, the month, you know, the month of April, it was tough. And then, and then, uh, the fight got canceled and I thought it was the right, the right move at the time. And, um, you know, the month of April we were quarantined. I, I I made sure, I, you know, I did my part and uh, and stayed quarantined. And then I was just kind of running, running, doing bag work, uh, lifting weights at my house, uh, staying in shape because, uh, you know, I was I was hoping to get get rebooked uh, once this blew over. But um, and then and then May hit and uh, and it started it started blowing over a little bit. Um, and and uh, the gyms, everything in New York was still closed. Uh, so so I, I ended up going and getting tested when I was in New York, like on my own, and uh, I got COVID COVID swab up my nose. And, Dude, uh, I've been watching those. Those are rough. Yeah, yeah, it was rough, especially you know deviated symptom right here. It's uh, it wasn't <laughs> fun. <laughs> but uh, and and thank God, you know that was negative. But then I also got uh, the antibody test, my blood tested, mm -hmm. and um, I was actually positive for the antibodies. Which was uh, pretty pretty crazy, which I get, means that that I, I had it at some point. And, yeah. Uh, the only the only time I can remember was uh, like the begin or, or like the the end of March, about 
and and I was still full fight camp mode for that for that April twenty fifth fight, and uh, I just remember I was still training right through being sick, thinking it was just I was sick, and I was like blowing my nose, like and uh, trying trying to cough around the side of the mat, you know, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I got I got tested and. Uh, and then uh, once I found out I was, you know, negative and uh, negative for for the uh, COVID and I had the antibodies, I booked a ticket. I, I talked to Arroyo, Matt Arroyo and uh, Billy Q. And Arroyo said that he was opening the gym for uh, for Billy Q to train so that uh, it could get him ready. So so I decided to uh, come down here and um, and put in put in a fight camp, uh, go back to my roots down here and somewhat and uh and put in a fight camp put it in the fight camp down here with uh royal and billy q and uh grace Stamp south and that's crazy that you had the antibodies um i feel like so many people if we had antibody testing would find out they had it you know months ago and again just thought it was like a bad flu and i'm not trying to downplay it and to be honest this is the first time i've had an open conversation about covid because this actually affected you like this was actually huge for you being in new york so you know, how scary that was and how, how bad it got, how quickly, you know, it deteriorated um, in New York. So, I, especially with your livelihood being fighting, you know, that was, I, I can't even imagine what that felt like. Yeah, it was definitely a roller coaster uh, in that in that month of April. But, um, you know, once once I talked with Arroyo, you know, he, he assured me that, that we could we could get the a proper fight camp. But, going on down here you know i got the okay from longo uh, i told him my plans he, he said it was a good idea um and and i i got that one-way ticket I, I got the okay from my family my fiance billy back home she's uh you know we're getting married next year and uh she was Congrats, okay with man. me uh, yeah thanks yeah she, she was okay she knew that I, I had to i had to leave and uh and prepare for this fight and i told her i wasn't coming home without uh a big w and uh and a nice fat check. So, uh, so I, yeah. And then, and I've, I've been down, I've been down in Tampa for six weeks. You know, it was, uh, a pretty quick camp, but, but I mean, six, uh, six weeks, I'm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> and I, and I like that because, you know, a lot of guys like, you know, who Marab just fought, you know, took a fight on short notice. It doesn't seem like you'd be the kind of guy that would really want to do a short notice, but <laughs> look at that face. <laughs> Um, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie to you. They, uh, I, I need. I trust the process. I'm a man of my process, and uh, and uh, yeah. I, I, but but we got it in. We're ready to go. And I think it it just comes down to the fighter. There's some fighters who just you know they're ready to go 24/7. Some fighters who want that extra you know preparedness. And you know in a sport like this, you know you you end up on a skid at any time you don't know what could happen. You know, fighters have been cut after one bad loss. So you always want to be as, you know, put your best foot forward. Um, and I think yeah, that's a smart idea. So I know a lot of people will probably disagree. And, you know, everybody that's been on the fight card tonight has said, I can fight next week, you know, let's go. They were also in fights that were less than a minute. So <laughs> Yeah, and uh, look how that's turned out for all these quick turnarounds. And I think it's kind of changing the dynamic because I don't think we're seeing the best fighters we can um, in the octagon. I don't think we're seeing their best performances just because, like you said, I think they're so anxious to fight 
that not putting in a full training camp, you know, it, it kind of yeah. uh, doesn't work for them. Yeah, I mean, I think, like you said, every fighter is different. Um, I give all these fighters taking these fights right now a lot of credit. Um, but, you know, for me, I don't I don't step into that octagon until, unless I'm 100% prepared. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I when I booked that one-way ticket down to Tampa, I didn't have a fight. Uh, <laughs> I came down here and I knew... You know, we, we told the UFC that that I would be ready in in mid mid to late June, so uh, I knew I would have you know like uh, from five. Hopefully, uh, we were hoping for six weeks, which we got. But I I was going to be ready from like four to five, four or five or six weeks. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that's you know that's that's what I needed, and 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 that's what we did. And and that's that's great that you kind of had a timeline. You were like, I'll be ready here. You know, and there's yeah. plenty of people that were, you know, have been training for fights that have been canceled. You know, like yourself, you had the one with, uh, I believe it was Roosevelt Roberts, um, yeah. which I hope gets rebooked at some point because I really want to see that fight. I know, I know. It's, I got to shut him up, but uh, we'll see if he gets past the Jim Miller, so. Yeah, and on that same topic, you know, going through all the guys that you've fought over the years, most, it's one of the few times that almost every matchup you guys have been about the same, I don't want to say skill level, but the same record. You've had about the same number of fights until now. When you're going into a fight with, you know, Frank Camacho, he's got 30 fights under his belt. So is that intimidating even in the least, or is it just another fight and you're ready to go? No, no, it's just it's just another fight. I know he's got a lot of experience, but, uh, you know... I, He's he's only I want to say he's like a year or two older than me, so we're about the same age. And uh, I think crazy. <laughs> I saw like he he was like fighting since he was like sixteen years old or something crazy like that. But um, but like you you know I've got through my through my amateur fights, through my pro fights, through my Muay Thai fights, I've got twenty fights now. And uh, you know out of all those amateur fights, you you've seen them. You know a lot of those guys ended up going pro. Um, I don't. I don't think Frank had any uh, amateur fights. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but um, you know, I, I'm I'm coming into my own right now with 20 fights under my belt, and I'm I'm excited to really, uh, you know, this is my fifth UFC fight now, which is crazy. Um, I know, right? It is. Uh, so I'm gonna I, I'm gonna go in there and really show uh, show that I'm 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 a veteran and that this is, you know, I've been doing this for a minute and that uh, I'm, I'm going to show how comfortable I'm in there and, uh, and pick this guy apart and, and have fun doing it. And I think that's, you know, a lot of your fights and, and I think we're going to talk about that now because I, thinking about it, I have been watching you since 2013 and I might not have known it then, but I started to do some extra research and I think you're going to enjoy this. So I was there for your... USAL fight against Tony Leon. Yeah. I don't think I actually have any pictures of the fight because I don't remember it being that long. <laughs> <laughs> he was tough. I remember that. And then I started looking and I went, okay, you remember this fight? Yeah, that's the pro debut right there. So I was like, okay, pro, tr pro debut. And that was a sweet armbar. Like, that really was. And... Still to date, one of my favorite pictures that I've caught in a fight, just because the timing, the, like everything about it was right where it needed to be. 
And, you know, when we've done articles before, like, that's been the header. It'll probably be that again just because it's one of my favorites. So then yeah, I kept going, and I found this one. Oh, good old RFC. So that was the Mike D'Angelo fight, which, to be honest, was sucked for me. Because I like Mike, and I've been friends with Mike, too. Um, that was a do. tough fight to watch. So then I went, there's no way I've seen more. Another RFC, there you go. And that was when you put Trent McDay to sleep. Um, yeah, that was a good one. And I just remember watching the fight, and I went, I think he's, no, no, he's asleep. He's, and he was on top of you when you put him to sleep, which was even more impressive. Yeah. So, going through it, so we have the Tony Leone fight, the Josh Zuckerman fight, the Mike D'Angelo fight, the Trent McDade fight, and then I was there for um, your UFC fight against Violent Bob Ross. Um, I love that guy too, but I feel like he did just enough to win. I think it was a super close fight. Um, yeah. and I think, you know, nobody can really disagree with that, but you oh, still yeah. got the it, was a, it was a great, it was a great close fight and, uh, and I got the win. That's what we do. So in figuring it out, I've actually attended more of your fights than anyone else I know. <laughs> That's awesome. And man. I thought, and you're five and oh, just so you know, <laughs> There we go. You got to come out to Vegas. We got to get you in, into that. <laughs> that would be great. Um, I would love to visit it. And I'm glad you brought up the Apex because you kind of, you and Billy Q both came through on the Contender Series. You got to kind of feel what it was like to have not a huge crowd. Um, what was the, the atmosphere like with Billy a few weeks ago or two weeks ago? Having that same, you know, being back in there. Was it kind of weird going backwards, or was it so much better uh, for both of you? No, it, it was awesome. Uh, you know, just kind of, kind of like no nonsense. We they they sh they pulled us up. Uh, you know, we we just got got the warm up in, and then and then we walked. You know, and uh, and it was a little it was a little weird. You know, walking out uh, with just like like no like I was there for Billy Q's contender series fight in mm -hmm. there, and they had they had like stands and stuff, and they have like at least a small a small crowd in there like, like the family stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, this time it was just empty. You know, they they clear out everything, uh, so that was a little weird. But uh, uh, you know, we were we were walking out there focused. Uh, Billy Q got in there, you know, he handled his business. Um, and you know, I was, I was, a, I was able to be in that corner and, uh, I was freaking out in the corner a little bit. Arroyo had to tell, turn around and tell me to shut up a couple of times. Um, <laughs> Why but, were you uh, freaking out? I, oh man, I, it was a good fight. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, that, that was like, that was, that was awesome. Uh, and, uh, you know, kind of just like being in the corner not, not being able to like, you know, not being the one fighting, it was it was different. Uh, but and then Bisbing was like sitting, it was like I guess six feet of, away from me, like doing his commentary, and I, I was like listening to him too, kind of like turning around. So that was that was kind of funny. Uh, it, it was it was cool, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, you're in that cage, you're fighting. Uh, nothing really else matters. And and I think that's funny that you can hear the commentary because. We've seen a lot of that from fights. Not just, you know, it's not so much them hearing the commentary because they really don't want you to know that they can hear them. But the the Anthony Smith fight is always going to resound in my head for the rest of my life 
because Glover Teixeira is on his back punching him. And he goes, I'm sorry, man. And Anthony goes, what? He goes, I'm sorry, man. It's just business. And he's like, yeah, it's cool. No problem. And they're having a conversation. Yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, that was a moment. And with that, was it weird to be able to hear, you know, do you think it was easier for Billy to hear instructions from you guys? Um, you know, obviously there's no, no distractions at that point, but do you also feel that it's almost like a bad thing? Because if you can hear, your fighter can hear you, your, his, you know, his corner can hear you, the other fighter can hear you. Do you feel like eventually people are going to start to kind of pick up on that and you kind of have to start changing it up? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. Like I said, you know, at the end of the day, it's a fight. Um, whatever advantage disadvantage you think your opponent has the same thing so uh you know you can hear your corner but so your your opponent can hear his corner you know and you can also hear their corner so it's just it i think it's just uh it's just another element that that the fighters have to uh have to deal with but uh like i said man in the end of the day it's a fight so uh um that's it. So for those of, you know, those listeners, I say those listeners, hey, all you guys, uh, who don't know who you are, like, how did you get started fighting? Uh, what was the, the catalyst that said, you know what, I want to do this for my career, not just have some fun with it? Because, I mean, you had about seven amateur fights, and I feel like, you know, that was leading up to, you know, 2014 when you took your first pro fight, and you've been pro ever since, so I can't believe that you've already been a pro for six years like that blows oh, wow. my mind. So talk about yeah, like went, your, went fast. the beginnings uh, of the the steamroller, including that yeah. uh, amazing nickname. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know I, I wrestled in high school like a lot of guys, and then started doing jujitsu because you know missed wrestling, started competing in jujitsu and started training with uh, amateur fighters at Grace Tampa South, and then uh, eventually started fighting my you know taking my own fights, but. Uh, the real, the real like turning moment for me was uh, my fourth amateur fight, was uh, a Costa Rican title fight, mm-hmm. and um, and it, it was I I had I had my third amateur fight a week before it. Yeah, and then so I, had, <laughs> I had a teammate. Yeah, I had a teammate who was supposed to fight for that uh, Costa Rican belt, and he actually got hurt, and then uh, and then and then they said they said you know. Uh, do, do I want the fight? And I was like, hell yeah, I want the fight. Go to, uh, you know, you get to a free trip to Costa Rica. and, and Especially and, as uh, an amateur. To fight, yeah, to, to fight their, their 9-0, uh, 9-0 Costa Rican uh, hometown champion. Yeah, of course. Uh, and But I still had that third, that I had my third fight. And then Arroyo told me to just go in there, don't take any punches, take them down, and submit them. <laughs> and I, that's what he told me. And I was like, okay. And then actually, I went in there, and I I took him down, and I rear naked choked him in like thirty seconds. <laughs> but it, it was pretty perfect. And then yeah, we went out. We went out to uh, Costa Rica, and uh, it was really the first like uh, thing I I got back from from all the hard work I was putting. I got a a trip to Costa Rica paid for, um, and and you know uh, my everything, my food, my hotel, everything paid for out there. And uh, I fought a tough guy. The guy was nine and zero, coming off a bunch of knockouts in Costa Rica. And he was a hometown hometown guy. Um, it's always scary. And, uh, 
Yeah, yeah, we we fought in a uh, a bullfighting arena in Costa Rica too, so it, it was pretty cool. <laughs> and then uh, we, I, I went out there, and uh, he actually rocked me in like the first round, and uh, and then I ended up it was just taking him down, and uh, it was my first fight with uh, ground and pound, so I was so pumped about that because you know in amateur they used to not let you ground and pound until after uh, so yeah after three. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, it was my first fight with ground and pound, so I was pumped, and I and I just took him down and ground and pounded him out, mounted him, and uh, and beat the piss out of him until I armbarred him, uh, and I was I was the Costa Rican champ, and after that I was like, I I really you know I I, I started believing in myself that I, I could I could do something with this and and I could uh, I could take it to the next level, and then uh, you know I kept fighting amateur and once uh, Arroyo. Uh, you know, said that he thought I was ready to go pro. We went pro, and um, and then uh, now now we're here. And now a word from our sponsors, EpicJitsTees.com and Anchor FM. Stay tuned. Hey, you guys, want to take this moment to give a shout out to EpicJitsTees.com. They've been doing really great work with us and really helping promote. Um, and, you know, do everything for the show. So if you go ahead and go to epicjitstees.com, enter promo code QUIGS, that's Q-U-I-G-G-S, at checkout to get a discount. You can also purchase a Quig and Out MMA podcast shirt of your own, along with plenty of other designs of rash guards, all sorts of things. So check them out. Thank you so much. Now back to the show. And it's, it's crazy because as an amateur, if most people don't know, like, you're not getting paid. You know, you're going out there. You're putting, you're putting your body on the line for fame and glory. <laughs> like that's what it comes down to. Um, so for you Pretty to be much. able to get a paid trip to Costa Rica to fight in a bull riding arena for a title and your hotel and food paid, like that had to be, <laughs> like that's a one in a lifetime, once in a lifetime. Oh, yeah. But and then it was twice because I got to go back to defend my belt. <laughs> Even better. I know. And, I've, you know, I've talked to amateur fighters before, and I remember, you know, talking to some of them, and they get to that, that point where they can do the ground and pound. I remember being at fights and watching them get on the ground and hold it back for a second and then go, oh, I can do this, and just start, like, you just see them go to town. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's good. I can't wait for local fights again. I'm not going to lie. It's... Um, you know, I was excited for the UFC in Jacksonville. I thought that was huge for Florida, um, just because uh, there's been, f- I think we talked about this a couple episodes ago, there's been 510 UFC events, and they've never come to Jacksonville, ever. So to have three yeah. <laughs> three cards back-to-back was pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, when the world needed it, too. Exactly, and they're they're not slowing down, and I know tonight's card, you know, hopefully people are watching... If you didn't watch the first three fights, they ended in two minutes. Knockout, knockout, knockout. And then Marab's just being a machine uh, and breaking his own takedown record as a bantamweight. So if he had it nine more, he would have broke Khabib's record and been number one. So you you need to let him know he needs 22 takedowns in a fight. He'll, he'll get there, and he'll get it. So I want to talk a lot about uh, Matt Arroyo because... There's been no lack of mentioning him throughout this and how crucial and important he has been. So, you know, talk about when that that partnership, like you said, getting introduced to him is one thing, but him being such a pivotal part of 
you know, your life, Billy Q's life, Gracie Tampa South, and everything that's gone on with it. So I kind of want to talk about how important his role is to you um, in, in your fighting life and not just your fighting life, but your, you know, personal life outside of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I found Arroyo because uh, I was training with Matt Sarah in Long Island, and I told him I was moving down to uh, to Tampa, and, and Sarah said that uh, Matt Arroyo's got a gym down in Tampa to hit him up So because uh, they were on the Ultimate Fighter team together, mm-hmm. or, uh, or Arroyo was on Sarah's team. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I knew so, what you meant. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, and then as soon as I, I got down there um, – Arroyo has a, a beautiful facility, a Grace Camp South, um, and he had, he had fighters, and he really uh, he really groomed me. You know, he he taught me uh, what a fight camp was. You know, I didn't I didn't even know I didn't know anything. I was a wrestler, and and uh, he really he really taught me what, uh, the fight game. Taught me you know eight eight weeks fight camp about how to cut weight, about how to do everything, and. and uh, and he, he wouldn't even let me fight until I had my blue belt. Uh, he was, you know, a big jiu-jitsu guy, which I think a lot of guys should do. You know, I, I, don't, I tell every amateur fighter I know, I, I know to get their blue belt before they take a fight. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, and, and he's been guiding me and, uh, and being a mentor to me, you know, for like, the past 10 years, I, I guess. Jeez. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and... He's my manager now, and and he'll he'll be with me till uh, till the till the the wheels fall off this steamroller. So, I'm blessed to have him with me, and uh, and uh, yeah, we're going to the top. Well, yeah, and, and that's the crazy thing is that being able to work together so well, and then of course I can't forget the steamroller. We have to talk about where that came from, and and I mean the fact that it not only rhymes with your last name. <laughs> But how it works so well. So who gave you the nickname and what made you think this is what I need to keep uh, going into yeah. fights? Well, as I was fighting like amateur, my my dad and then my uncle Dolzy, they they would come to all my all my amateur fights and and they would they loved I mean they loved it. My dad still does. He's my dad's been been trying to uh, been having Arroyo hit up the UFC to try to see if he, they could get him into the apex for this fight. This is, <laughs> This is going to be like the first one that he's missed, uh, I think, ever. Oh wow! Um, so yeah, he he's almost uh, freaking out a little bit more than I, you know, than anybody else. But but uh, but yeah, him and my uncle, uh, they were they were just shoot, shooting the shit for for a while, you know, trying to think a think of a nickname for me, and then and uh, uh, Do- uh, my uncle Dolzy, uh, he's also from Boston, so he's got that Boston a- accent. And they, He's like, oh, the steamroller frivola, and then kind of rolled off the tongue, and uh, and you know, I was just running through people on the amateur circuit, and it and it was, you know, it's my fight style, you know, I come I come forward and I steamroll people, um, and then it, it's it's stuck, and uh, it's definitely it's definitely a good one, and uh, and uh, yeah, that's that's where that came from. I can just hear the Boston even more after you said it, just like <laughs> resonating. Yeah. Yeah, because it works so much better. So I'm glad you brought dad and uncle into the mix just because, you know, there's some fighters who their family is like, oh, I'm not really into what you do. You know, just go do you. And there's some families that, you know, support 100 percent, like you said, dad being in every fight. 
is that really important to have their support, you know, going forward uh, yeah, with the career yeah, that you definitely. chose? Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I, if, it, if it wasn't for, you know how hard it is, you know, being being a low-level pro, um, you know, if it wasn't for, for their support, I, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would still be here, you know, being able uh, to make it through those, uh, you know, those, that low level and uh, just being able to, one of, one of the best things about, uh, about fighting is, is that I, I can bring people together, you know, bring, bring my family together. Like I said, those, those Costa Rican fights, uh, every, you know, those two Costa Rican fights I had, those turned into family reunions. Like I had uncles come out, I had cousins come out, I had my brother come out. Uh, it was like nine of us out there both times. Uh, so we we would they'd come, they'd watch me beat some dude up, and then we turned it into a vacation, a little family reunion. It, it was it was great, and uh, and you know every every fight, uh, my my family, my friends. Um, they come out to every fight, and as you can hear them throughout the arena with the steamroller chants now. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm blessed to have the support system and the 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 family that and friends that I have. Uh, you know, they love to watch me fight. They they know what I'm about. They know that I always bring the fight and that I'm always prepared. And uh, you know, they're they're with me at the highest highs and they're with me at the lowest lows. So. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty awesome, and I've I've been privy to the the steamroller chants uh, that last fight against Violent Bob Ross. You definitely heard it, and there was there was a big section of the crowd that was just blanketed. Um, yeah, you know it was amazing. A lot of fighters don't like to talk about losses, but I want to really touch on it just because you said highest of highs, lowest of lows. So you know you go through the contender series, you have a great fight, you get the contract, and then you have that fight against you know Reyes. What did you learn from that fight? Because, again, that was the big stage. You had been, you know, World Series of Fighting, because I'm allowed to say other promotions instead of just other promotions. <laughs> um, you know, that was, a, that was a bigger stage. You know, the RFC was more of a Florida-based stage. Still produced a lot of great fighters out of it. But that was your first time on the big, you know, the biggest stage of them all, as they call it. So, you know, I kind of want to hear your thoughts on how that, how that resonated with you and how it's changed your, you know, if it's changed your fight style, if it's changed your mentality or, you know, what it did to you, because I feel that a loss creates a better fighter. I know that sounds strange, but it's, it's true. A hundred percent. And that's exactly what it did to me. Uh, you know, for the longest time, I, uh, you, you seen me since the amateurs. I never lost. I was an undefeated amateur. I was undefeated throughout the pros I, I, I got up to uh, 16, 16 wins, consecutive wins, uh, up until my UFC debut between, like, Muay Thai fights and, and amateur fights. And, and uh, yeah, and then, and then even, even throughout that, people would always ask, you know, you know what's going to happen when you lost? And I, and I always say, you know, you, you see what you're made of coming back from setbacks. And uh, even, you know, I've taken losses – uh, in, in the wrestling room, you know, in, in, in uh, jiu-jitsu tournaments and whatnot. But, you know, I never lost a fight on the, on the big stage, but um, up until then. And uh, I, I, I was, you know, I went out there and uh, I kind of did what I always did do, which was go in there and kind of just steamroll 
go go to steamroll them. And, yeah. and I came out there guns blazing. Yeah, um, I remember. I was I like, oh my god. <laughs> I, I threw caution to the wind, um, and uh, you know I was going to make a statement. It was kind of a killer be killed kind of fight, and uh, I was on the I was on the losing end uh, to, of that, and you know I, it was against a, a juiced up Mexican, and uh, I I hit him in the chin. And uh, he didn't go down, and he he hit me on the chin, and I went down, and uh, and he got he got the win. But uh, I learned so much from that fight, and and uh, after that loss, you know, I took a little time off. I, I picked myself up, I dusted myself off, and uh, and I, I got back to the basics, man. You know, I, I I questioned a lot of things, and and I just got back to my training. And uh, I trusted, you know, I, I knew, I, I know that I'm a great fighter. And that never, never was a question. But I really had to uh, become more uh, cerebral uh, with, my, with my approach and have, and have more of a game plan and, uh, and just be a, be a smarter fighter. And, uh, and like I said, you know, um, show the experience that I have. You know, now... I've got I've got a lot of fights under my belt now, and and uh, I think every fight that I have now, uh, you could see the growth uh, from fight to fight, and mm-hmm. and that's that's something that's what life is all about, really is, uh, and and becoming a better better person, a better fighter, a better whatever you want to be. Uh, so you know, like I said, you know that was. It could have been, you know, it could have been uh, a huge. Who knows where I would have been if if I if I didn't lose that fight? You know, I, I learned so much from it, and and uh, you know, I I like to say we're on a three fight winning streak from there because I won that Lando fight. <laughs> <laughs> and I was gonna talk about that because you have, you know, you had the fight with Lando, and anybody who remembers the Lando Tony Ferguson fight, like it was crazy. And then they're like, nothing could ever come close to that with Lando like he can't do that again and then you guys have that great fight ends up being a draw so you come into your first two fights and you're like I want to win like give me give me a win and since then you've you know your earlier fights there was a lot of knockouts there was a lot of submissions and I think you're right I think that loss kind of changed almost the the reckless abandonment apart because you were you were just running through people and you hadn't you know it's kind of like jumping over fences and then he hit a brick wall you know um it's it's a harsh way to say it but it's it's kind of what happened and i've seen a more articulate fighter i've seen a fighter who's growing who grew up really fast after those first two fights um because i think you had to at that point yeah you know and uh i got into the ufc with six and oh as a pro you know it's not a lot of pro fights but uh kind of kind of like I was uh learning in the octagon but you know now now I'm, I'm feeling caught yeah, I'm excited to go out there as my fifth fifth UFC fight and show show how comfortable I'm in there and uh you know I, I kind of, now I've been through a bunch of fight weeks I know the process and uh and it's all it's all going to come together uh in this fight and and we're, we're getting back to our finishing ways for sure and and it's gonna. This is gonna. This is gonna show it. This next fight. And, and you guys heard it here. He said it was gonna be a finish. You heard that. Yeah. <laughs> I like how I'm looking over here like somebody's gonna see me. <laughs> but really, 
there's so many times, you know, where fighters just, you know, they get into a rut or they, like you said, you know, they keep climbing, 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 and then some don't recover from that. And I like that what you've done is you took that as probably the best thing that could have happened. You know, nobody wants a loss. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but you took that and made the best of it. So coming into your fight next week, you know, originally scheduled to fight Roberts. Now you've got Camacho. What is the biggest thing that you see that, um, I don't want to have you give away your game plan here, but what's the biggest thing you see as far as like a weakness that can be exploited or something that, um, you know, you've seen about him that, you know, you, you kind of need to watch out for. Um, he, he's a warrior just like me. Uh, and, uh, and that's, that's honestly what really excites me. Mm-hmm. Um, is that he's tough as nails, you know, he's got, he's an Island warrior and, uh, and that that just makes for for uh, uh, amazing stylistic matchup uh, for both of us. Um, but I, I want to go in there and show that I'm, I'm a complete fighter. I'm a I'm a more you know technical, smarter fighter. Um, but if it if it comes down to be a be a dog fight, you know you know those dog fights I win. So uh, this is true. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think it's a perfect matchup for me and uh, a perfect matchup for the fans. And uh, and there's not going to be any losers in this fight, really. I think that everyone's going to, everyone's going to, you know, walk away. Uh, ha- like all the fans and, and uh, except maybe, maybe not, maybe not Frank, <laughs> but he'll be, he'll be, he'll be all right. Well, maybe, maybe this will be one of those situations where, you get the win, you both get 50 Gs, you know. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so talk about, you know, you mentioned the fiancé and getting married next year. So what's that been like, you know, having that kind of in the back of your mind that you're getting married next year? Like, that's huge. So Yeah, yeah it's crazy. And I, I just turned 30 like two days ago. It's yeah, happy crazy. belated birthday. It was Thursday, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's crazy. Um, you know, I don't really feel like, uh, you know, m- much different, but, uh, and then I kind of look at, look at like the past and, and, uh, you know, I, I guess I, when I, when I was, when I, I had my first fight when I was 21 years old, you know, when I was back then and when I thought about where I would be at, at 30, I, you know, I, I would say I'd be in the UFC, you know, yeah, <laughs> entering, entering my prime in the UFC getting ready uh, to make my title run. So uh, I think we're, we're right where we need to be. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I'm blessed to have uh, my fiance back home, uh, Billy, and she's, she's a ride or die. You know, she gets it. She's been with me since my amateur days. And, and, uh, wow. you know, she, she understands that, that uh, the, the whole fight camp and the weight cut and she gets it. And, uh, I can't wait to uh, to you know handle business uh, June twentieth in Vegas and then and then get home to her and get home to my family and and summer you know nothing beats a summer in Long Island so I'm looking forward to that too. Uh, she's gonna be picking me up from the airport with uh, with a pizza, a nice grandma's pie. Her her family uh, very nice. Owns, uh, her her family actually owns a, an Italian restaurant, pizzeria, Sinelli's Pizzeria, uh, in Franklin Square. So, so they're gonna have a nice grandma's pie for me waiting in the car when they pick me up from the airport, and uh, you know, no matter what happens, 
I know that she's going to be at that airport with that pizza, and that kind of puts my mind at ease a little bit. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> I think it's funny that the entire time we've been talking, you've been smiling about things, but that made you the happiest. Oh, you have no idea. Like, whenever, when, throughout this wake up, throughout this, uh, you know, whenever things get hard or whatever, I always think, like, oh, yeah, that pizza's going to be waiting for me soon. Don't... <laughs> And that's fantastic because the little things, the little things, you know, and I've been, I'm going to say fortunate enough because I've seen the videos, I've seen everything, um, fortunate enough not to ever have to cut weight. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. And I was going to say that the consensus is that it sucks. And I know that with the, the Billy Q, he had some really funny videos of him in that little oh, life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it makes you, it does make you appreciate everything a lot more. So like, I always say, you know, life's about balance, so it's it's good to really, uh, you know, uh, sacrifice and 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 crack down and grind and diet or whatever you're doing, and then and then let loose a little and enjoy yourself a little. So, like I said, balance balance it out. Yeah, exactly. And I kind of wanted to go back to something you touched on earlier when it comes to balance. Is you know, you said not taking a fight before you're a blue belt. And, uh, you know, we we both know Ben Zapata, who was a guest on the show last time. And he was yeah, a brown a belt by the time he took his first fight. So while he didn't have the MMA experience, he had that jiu-jitsu. Uh, so I, I agree with you there. I think there should be, in that sense, because with MMA being the only sport, really, where there's, you don't have to be an amateur. You can go straight into pro fighting. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. And, and uh, back in the day in Florida, that's how that's how it used to be. I remember when there wasn't when I first moved down to Florida, that there wasn't any amateur fighting. God, those were the days. I remember Daniel Strauss told me he never took an amateur fight, and his first seven fights came within like three months. First seven pro yeah. fights, and he he won the, four. The he, yeah, he won four, lost three. And then won like his next sixteen fights in a row, and I just I can't even imagine not not having the amateur experience and kind of getting used to that and just going right into it. Yeah, that's how it was back in the day. It seems, and uh, it really, really like literally learning on the job. I can't even imagine. So, as far as jujitsu, what belt are we up to at this point? Oh man. Uh, I'm calling you. I, don't, I don't put the I don't put the gi on too much. I've kind of been a purple belt for uh, maybe like four years now. I mean, that's, a long that's time. okay. <laughs> Actually, maybe five years. It's been a long time. I've been a purple belt for a really long time. Uh, but uh, yeah, kind of kind of focusing on on the fighting right now. Uh, but uh, yeah, I got I got to put the gi back on. I, I always say it. It's all right. I trained this morning. We're good. <laughs> yeah. There you go. But and, and that's what I love is that, you know, whether it's fighting, jiu-jitsu, obviously in jiu-jitsu you're not getting punched in the face intentionally. It still happens. We all know that. It does. Um, and how, how important it is to your game because while it might not be the main focus of it, you've been able to win those fights by submission. You've been able to use your jiu-jitsu with your wrestling um, to kind of control your opponents and kind of put the fight where you want it to. Whereas if you were just a white belt or just a blue belt at that point, you really don't have that kind of control. 
so important. I mean, just like, uh, you know, the Gracies used to say back in the day, like, uh, what is it, like 80, 90% of fights end up on the ground, like uh, even on the streets, like uh, in the end of the day, a fight's going to end up on the ground. And if you know what you're doing on the ground, you're going to be okay. Uh, I think jiu-jitsu is, is, uh, is uh, such an important martial art to learn um, just for, for anybody. Uh, and like we're seeing now, you know, like law enforcement need to be learning it. Uh, and uh, just it's, it's jiu-jitsu changes lives, you know, it's great. And I think if more people understood jiu-jitsu and its practical applications, not just for, you know, not everybody who trains competes, which is a strange thing to work so hard towards something and not, you know, you don't have to put yourself to the test. You don't have to get in there and say, I need to prove myself. You know, those years of training kind of do that for you. Um, and yeah, exactly. And you're going to, you're going to get pushed enough in the, in the room, in the, in the practice room, and if that's if that's what you're looking for, you know you're gonna get it. And and if you know a lot of people say they don't want to compete, but you know if you ever, you know they have competitions for all different uh, levels, you know. So it's it's definitely it's great. That's anything getting out of your comfort zone. It's gonna help you grow. Mm-hmm. So it's it's awesome. And and since it's being recorded, so I'm gonna try and compete this year for the first time. There you go. Um, Do it. So I was hoping to have a blue belt by June. Obviously, Jim shutting down kind of ruined that. It was really weird to go back to training a couple weeks ago because I felt like I forgot everything I had learned. Yeah, but I mean, some sometimes little breaks like that kind of are, are good for you. You know, it kind of it rests your body, it rests your mind, and then when you come back, uh, you don't you don't overthink things so much. Sometimes mm-hmm. you, you go back and trust your Trust your body. Trust your your uh, your good habits that hopefully you formed. <laughs> so get getting back uh, into those. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You, that's it. Stay at it. But I think at the same time, it's you know I had somebody ask me once. They said, once I get to black belt, what's the point? And I don't think they train anymore. And I think that's probably a good thing. But I think for me, like a white belt can still teach a black belt something that they forgot. Oh yeah, you can. You'll learn from anybody on the mats, uh, just through, you know, different different minds, different techniques, different body types, different anything, and and that's that's the whole thing about about training is is learning and growing, and uh, and having that mindset that you can learn from anybody, mm-hmm. and uh, hum- being and humbling yourself really. And I don't want to forget this because I know we talked a lot about Arroyo. We talked a lot about Billy Q. But talk a little bit more about training with Matt Sarah and Ray Longo. And, I mean, those guys have wealth of knowledge. I'm sure if they wrote books, they would just be endless. So how exciting is it for you that you've had that connection with them for so long and got to see the people that have come in there and helped shape your career? Uh, it's it's uh, unreal. You know, Ray Longo is, is the man. It's like he's the coolest guy. He's the most down to earth, uh, realist guy I've ever met. He'll he'll tell you how it is flat out, uh, <laughs> no hesitations. And uh, you know, it, when he when he sees you as as one of yours, he'll he'll die for you. You know, he's he's a real one. And uh, and and me and all us for him. 
and that's kind of the camaraderie uh, that 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 we have. And then and then Sarah, Sarah has got his energy is just is there's nothing like it. When he when he walks into that room, you you know it before you even see him. You'll as soon as he as soon as he opens the door, you can just sense his energy, wow. and it lifts the entire room. It's it's unreal, and just the amount of of uh, talent that's there uh, on the mats at Sarah BJJ, in the in the gym at Longo and Weidman, you know, with with uh, you know Al Jermaine, uh, Ally Quinta, Chris Weidman, uh, Marab, and then and then a whole bunch of uh, up and coming uh, pro fighters, up and coming amateur fighters. Um, and and everybody everybody helps each other everybody works hard and uh yeah it's it's amazing over there i can't imagine like trying not to laugh when you're talking to matt sarah because he just seems like he'd be that kind of person who's either going to yell at you or he's going to tell you a joke and get you to like start laughing during a training session oh he's he's hilarious it's it's awesome so with that being said, you, you did mention, you know, some up and coming fighters. Is there any names that people should be on the lookout for that have been in the gym that you think, you know, this is the next guy that you'll see in the UFC? Definitely. Um, in Long Island, we got uh, Naz, Naz Sadikov. He's, he's, uh, he just fought for CFFC. Mm-hmm. Um, he's another 55er. I've been sparring with him a lot. And then you got a uh, Bazooka. Bazooka's a the Ring of Combat, uh, 145 pound champ. Um, you got Dylan Montello, the Montello, the Quiet Man. You got Charlie Campbell, uh, both two other pros. Um, you got the kid Justin Montavo. Um, a lot of a lot of good pros uh, coming up from Saralongo. And then even at, uh, at Grace Tampa South, we got like John Ark Arke. Uh, he's he's one of the up and coming pros. And then, uh, like some guys, you you probably still know, you know, Danny Matos is still at it, and he's a very talented fighter too, you know. Incredibly uh, yeah, talented. I want to say, yeah, yeah, very very talented. He went on a little losing skid, but uh, he's he's got a, he got a win in his last fight, mm-hmm. last couple fights. Um, so he's still training, still at it. Even another old school guy you might know, Troy, Troy Gerhardt, is still at it, mm-hmm. still doing his thing in Tampa. You know, uh, and then we got Hugh Hugh Poli, uh, Hugh Poli, the Wolverine. Hugh's a beast, uh, and yeah, the, you know, there's talent all all a lot of talent down here in Tampa, a lot of talent in uh, Long Island, and uh, I'm I'm just lucky I get to train with all these guys. Well, yeah, and that's exciting because you know I don't want you to overlook your own your own path, but you see things being this far into your game you know you're you're considered a veteran at this point of the sport um i think it's safe to say i don't think there's even a an actual number of fights or years of fighting but i feel like just your experience alone brings you into that category of veteran so you do have to look out for those up-and-coming guys Uh, because as we're seeing you know with the fight islands coming up with the ufc's putting on four cards in two weeks And one of those fights is Gilbert Burns versus Kamaru Usman, who both train together and are managed by the same person. So I thought that's insane, again, that this is a sport where, you know, you could be training with somebody, you could eventually end up fighting. Yeah, yeah, that's it's uh, that's crazy uh, 
see uh, Gilbert and uh, Usman be fighting. And I saw, like, uh, Henry Hoof, like, made a post that said he was, like, going to, like, step aside. You know, I said that he, he his job is done. You know, he, he trained these guys from day one, got them to world title fights. Uh, I think that was, that's really cool. It's got to be a cool feeling uh, for a coach. I, I think that's that's the only re- way I would fight a teammate. It, it'd have to be for a world title, honestly. Um well, and but, again, uh, you you stick to the roots. You know, you're not going to take a short notice fight if you're not ready. And like you said, if it's for a title at the end of the day, the title's coming back to the gym. It just might come around the the waist of somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Me and Billy Q always used to mess around that we'd fight each other, like if we were in the Ultimate Fighter house or something. And that that we probably would have fought each other in the Ultimate Fighter house if that ever happened. But uh, yeah, I think I think Billy said he would beat you in a fight. I don't quote me here. <laughs> Uh, it'd be a first-round finish, steamroll. Oh, well, Billy was gonna join us, but I—he's I... <laughs> still on his victory tour. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. And it was exciting to watch that too, because again, I've watched you guys for so long, and I've seen you grow as people, as fighters, and you know, the next title that's gonna be added to your name is husband. So, you know, big life changes, like you said, just turning thirty. Yeah, him too. Uh, Billy Q's uh, engaged to uh, uh, awesome, awesome woman, uh, Bree. So he's. Sweet. I'm glad he just got that big win. Uh, he got screwed out of a bonus, but uh, I told him, "Welcome to the club." So. <laughs> so, I also realized today uh, that we've done. You know, this is episode 11 of the show, and you are the first active fighter we are talking to. Um, so I haven't been able to ask this question, but I want you to talk about the people that are most important and your sponsors, just because at the end of the day, you got to get paid. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, we we talked about most of them. My 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 team, my gyms, uh, Grace Tampa South, uh, Longo and Weidman, um, Sarah BJJ, my strength and conditioning back home, acceleration sports training. My strength and conditioning here in Tampa, driven, driven uh, training down in South Tampa, and then um, you know my sponsors. I know you know no judges needed. They they've been with me since my since the beginning. My first uh, my first amateur fight really. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know Troy from No Judges Needed is is Troy a black belt himself. Yeah. He's a, he's always supporting local MMA and. Uh, and he's just the man in, in every sense of the word. Um, so no judges needed. Started with me, and again will be with me, you know, until the end. And then um, U.S. Cryo Tampa, I got to give a big shout out to. Uh, I've U.S. Cryo Tampa, Mark over there. You know, they they really take care of me. I've been there's something about the cold therapy. I'm telling you, especially when I'm in when I'm in like fight camp. I, I do cryo every day. I'm oh in the cryo every day, and uh, and it just it it gets it gets my my body just like like ready ready to fight. I mean, my every like my body is hard hardened right now from the cryo. It's I just it, it gets my mental my mentality my body. Uh, you know, every time you walk out of there, I feel like Superman. Um, and then they have the the red light therapy. They have the local treatment. They have the Norman Tech legs. They have like an IV bar in there. There's there's people always going in there getting IVs, probably from the night of drinking the night before. Uh, 
they got a lot of a lot of great recovery at uh, U.S. Cryo Tampa, right over on Kennedy. If you're if you're an athlete, if you're anything, I th you really need to go there. Um, and then uh, I've got a meal prep sponsor up in Long Island, um, X Factor Meals, or they just changed the name to uh, Redefine Meals. So, mm -hmm. so if you're in Long Island, they will uh, deliver you meals. And then uh, I got to give a shout out to uh, my homegirl Maria down in Tampa, who's been making me meal preps and uh, juices while I'm here. You know, I'm I'm so blessed to be surrounded with good people that uh, that support me and 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 help me uh, achieve these goals. Um, yeah, I think that I think that's everyone. I think so too, <laughs> and I'll I'll definitely have to. I've been wanting to try the cryo for a while. I don't have a, a necessary need for it. Uh, well, no, do what you guys. It'll are. change. It'll change your mindset. Oh, it, it'll it'll be it'll be great. It, you'll love it. So that's what I heard. And I, again, now that it's on the show and it's recorded, I kind of have to do it. I can't really back out of it. Do it. That cold therapy is a, is a game changer. Absolutely. So, with that being said, thank you so much for coming on the show. You know, shout out to Epic Jits Tees. Those of you watching, it's streaming across the bottom. Uh, they are making the Quiggin Out MMA t-shirts if I know which way to go with my camera. Um, you can go to their site. They've got a lot of cool stuff. They had some Tiger King stuff. And I I only mention it now because the most normal thing of 2020 has been Tiger King. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just kind of weird. So, um, you yeah. know, thanks to Combat Press for putting things together. And then, Matt, thanks to you. Um, like I said, finding out tonight that I've been to more of your fights than anyone else's is kind of kind of crazy because it's been a long journey and i i just hope to you know keep seeing you you know rise up those ranks never having to fight billy q just because i know he'll listen to this <laughs> of course man and and uh yeah whenever you want to talk you know to hit me up you know that that article you wrote about me for my pro debut is still like my favorite article article i've ever gotten written uh I appreciate and, uh, that, man. I really do. You yeah, know, this is yeah. I know you remember that one too. It was a great one. I, I can't forget it, and it's yeah. it's great because the years you've spent in the sport have been the years I've spent in this sport. You know, you've been doing the fighting aspect. I've been doing the writing aspect, and every now and then, just getting to talk to somebody I've talked to before, it's it's harder because I I'm not asking you the same questions that everybody would be asking who hasn't been talking to you, and you know with me doing the show it's it's my show so i want us to talk about whatever we want and i feel like it was a great time and you know i try not to ask you know how you're gonna win or what do you think but you said you're gonna get a finish i'm gonna hold you to that and i'm so excited to see you uh see you next weekend so on behalf of quiggin alma may matt quiggins 